Headline Hollywood. Entertainment cronies and cinema elitists hand out awards for excellence in moving pictures. Sometimes the winners don't hold up to the test of time. So we're here in the future to tell them how they got it wrong. This is Switch the Envelope. Welcome to Switch the Envelope, the podcast that aims at rewriting Hollywood award history. My name is Corey. And I'm Jeff. How's it going, Jeff? Good. Fantastic. <laughs> Wonderful. No Jameson tonight? No Jameson, just some vodka and cherry coke. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> that sounds terrible. That sounds delicious. Uh, this is part one of this week's episode. Uh, every week we try to take a year and a category that's given to us by our supercomputer, Al. And we go through the year and its nominees in part one, and then in part two, which you'll hear later this week, we'll go through our actual rating metric and decide whether or not we need to switch the envelope. Yes. Yeah, so um, right now we will go and talk to our supercomputer, Al. Fire him up. Fire him up and try and get our year and our category. So, Al, what do we got? Don't be a dick, Al. Don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. <laughs> All right. Al's given us our year and our category. So like with every week, Corey is not privy to the information of the category or the year. So we will start off with headlines. I will read some headlines and Corey will try and guess what year and category we have been given by our supercomputer, Al. So now like every week, it's time for our favorite game. It's time. That's right, it's time for headlines. So, because Academy Awards are held the year after the movies come out, our headlines represent a different year than the movies. Kind of. Kind of. The general rule of thumb is if anything happened from one Academy Awards to the next, that's where the news is being pulled from? Exactly. So, I'm going to start with the later year part of the year. I'm just trying to confuse the fuck out of you. Okay. The later part of the year. So, yeah, in this right, year, I'm, I'm too good at this game. That's so why you gotta, yeah, I gotta throw, throw up, some curveballs. <laughs> in this year, happened <clears throat> the worst blizzard in American history, which took place in Buffalo, New York. It was called the Blizzard of. <laughs> 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 oh. People were stranded. Parents couldn't get to their children. Northeast blizzard. Zombies came out of the ground. Okay. It was anarchy. <laughs> Lots of babies were made. There's only one thing to do in a blizzard. So, the okay. blizzard of hmm hmm Okay. Uh, well, let's see. The only blizzard hmm, that I can recollect... Northeastern was, well, I mean, was like just a blizzard everywhere, but that was fairly recent. What was that, like 2000, like 2015, there was a giant blizzard that like destroyed uh, transportation and people were stranded and stuff? Yes, you're right. But it's not the year we're talking oh, about. okay. So not that blizzard. It's another no. blizzard that I, I mean, aren't there blizzards every year? Yeah. <laughs> this is a catastrophic blizzard. Like, but it's cool. We'll, we'll okay. move on. We'll All move right. On. Okay. So, so this I is need the another, year. Another this is the year that that the king, Elvis. <laughs> I mean, some may say that he actually did not die. Sure. But this is the year that Elvis supposedly, supposedly, he died, died. taking a shit. Uh, okay. So this is why I didn't remember a blizzard because this is this predates me. 
We're going. We're going old school. This we're week. going old school. We're going all the way back. We're going I, back before either of us were born. That's that's exciting. I hope I've seen these movies. Um, fuck Elvis. Elvis. I'm not a huge Elvis fan. I know I'm going to get a lot of hate tweets for that. Um, oh God, Elvis died late seventies. Okay. So that, there's that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Okay, last one. Then you'll get it on this one. You'll get it. I, like I want to say, seventy-eight or seventy-nine. Elvis died. You're very close. Okay. You're very close. So late, late seventies. We got so this will get. This was a presidential year. Oh, okay. So I could do some it presidential. Was also math. called the nation's bicentennial. Oh. In which Jimmy Carter was elected president over Walter Mondale. Yeah, I know. I know exactly what year this is. So what year are we doing? We're doing well. I guess. The year is 1976, but we're doing films of 1976? Films of 1976, and the Academy Awards was the 1977 Academy Awards. Okay. And according to Al, we are supposed to be doing the Best Picture category from 1977. Best Picture category from 1977 of the films from 1976. Okay. All right, I'm glad he he let us do best picture because I'm not sure if I could get into the minutia of of acting or screenwriting from that far back. Actually, I will say that after after I, researching this year, most of the Academy Awards went to one film. This year, most of the Academy Awards went, to, even though there was fantastic films that came out this year, mm-hmm. most of them went to one movie, which was a movie that nobody of today knows, which let's is see. Network. Uh, let's see, most most awards. Most of this words this year, which is best actor, best actress, best director. Yeah. Most of them went to the movie Network. Okay, so we we're 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 talking about the forty ninth Academy Awards. We are talking about the forty ninth Academy Awards, hosted by Host, oh wow, hosted by a ton of people. They didn't like, just have one no, the, host. Richard Breyer? Billy Crystal wasn't old enough to be hosting. <laughs> no, this this was uh where they were like. Like Bob Hope used to host, and now they don't have Bob Hope hosting every time, you know? Yeah, so they're like, hey, well, let's just get a bunch of famous people. Yeah. Let's Rich- get Warren Beatty. Warren Beatty, Richard Pryor, Ellen Burstyn, and Jane Fonda. Yeah. And this is, and honestly, this was 70, or this was 76. 77. This, well, it's 77, so Jane Fonda was still probably kind of controversial at this point. She may have been, yeah. So I'm actually surprised that she's hosting. Yeah. I mean, not for the Academy. Not for the Academy, but <laughs> she probably was a little bit controversial to be hosting at this time. I mean, To be put on network probably, television, yes. Yeah, she's probably being, still being called Hanoi Jane at this point. Mm-hmm. She's still... Mm-hmm. Okay, so most awards was actually a tie between Network and All the President's Men. Okay. Both fantastic movies. But Best Actress went to Faye Dunaway, right from Network. Best actor uh, went to. Sh- let's let me hold on. Al, pull up the uh, the winners lists. So we've got yeah, best. Thank you, Al. Uh, best actress, Faye Dunaway Network. Best actor, Peter Finch Network. And now in this category, so there was actually two actors. Best actor was actually two of them were nominated from Network. They actually yeah. were going against each other. W- William Holden. Yes. Um, and actually, the guy who won for best actor died before he even uh, even was able to accept. His wife, or his his wife, actually accepted the nominate his the Academy Award for him. Yes. So this this particular Academy Awards is an interesting Academy Awards because there's a there's a quite a few firsts and then there's like a, a last. As I'm looking at this, um, Peter Finch, yes, <clears throat> he became the first uh, winner 
posthumously of an Academy Award. Now I didn't know that's he. Are you? He's the first one to win a posthumously. The first dead person to win an award. <laughs> um, I don't know if somebody wants to be that person. And it well no, but I'm saying like <laughs> that that's that happened this this year. He's, that sucks. The the only time it happens again is uh, did you know? This I don't is, know. It's pretty know. easy. It's, if you think about it, you'll probably guess it. Um, Dumbledore. No, <laughs> he didn't win an Academy <laughs> Award for being Dumbledore. Okay. Um, <laughs> but I see where you were going. No, Heath Ledger, actually. What did he win for? He won for The Dark Knight, oh, playing the Joker. He won for playing the Joker? Yes, he did. Okay. 32 years in between having an actor pass away before they were able to uh, gain their Oscar. Okay. So, um, and <clears throat> sort of odd considering that, like, you know, Peter Finch dies horribly <laughs> in the end of Network. Spoiler alert. <laughs> you can't. I guarantee nobody listening to this has even seen this movie, so I don't well, know if. Spoiler alert: We're doing movies from the seventies. Uh, we're gonna talk about the endings. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, he dies at the end of this film. Okay. Um. So he gets shot the fuck up at the end of this film. But in real life, he dies in a nice suite in Beverly in the Beverly Hills Hotel. I'm, I'm sure he so. does. But like the last thing no, people saw on screen is him dying a horrible death, and then they get to the Oscars, and turns out he's not alive anymore. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you can imagine for the casual you know, movie, but fan. you can imagine that. I mean, when you see a movie and it starts out with a guy saying, "I'm going to kill myself," yeah, you know that the end. It's not going to be a, you know, it's not going to be a happy. That ending. that movie is pretty crazy. I'm sure we'll we'll get into it much much deeper. But like that that movie dealt with some 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 like themes very frankly in a way that I didn't expect from a movie of that era. Okay, well, we'll get into it. Why don't we get back to your first and your last? Okay, um, <clears throat> the other uh, first, I guess, is um, also from Network, uh, and it's it's really not a, it's more of a like a record set than it is a first. Um, but it, okay. it's that um, uh, Beatrice Strait, uh, the lady who plays, she's so curvy. I believe she plays the wife of. Um, What's that dude's name? Uh, William Holden's character. The one, he's, he's sleeping with Mia Farrow. Or excuse me, uh, not Mia Farrow. <laughs> Faye Dunaway. <laughs> Faye Dunaway. Shit. Um, and he confronts his wife about By the way, it. best line in the movie. Is your wife home? Is your wife in town? Yeah. Well, we better need, we, we need to use my place. Yeah, we, yeah, we need to use my place. <laughs> the movie's real good. Um, but uh, Beatrice Strait wins for supporting actress. Yeah. And she sets a record for the least amount of screen time of any actor to receive an Oscar for um, supporting role. So we should switch the envelope for best supporting actor, actress. No, 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 because no, she's fantastic. There's there's this moment. Is she more fantastic than um, uh, than Jodie Foster in Taxi Driver? Mm. Because frank, frankly, Jodie Foster, I think, was like 15 when she did that movie. And I can't imagine that... A woman with the yeah, smallest no. <laughs> number of of screen time should have beat out Jodie Foster for one of her best portrayals. No, but okay, so the scene that, that she's in, though, I, I agree. Jodie Foster probably should have gotten that Oscar. Uh, <laughs> damn. Yeah, I mean, even fucking Piper Laurie and Carrie should have won. Oh, I over, forgot Piper Laurie and Carrie was in that over was um, yeah. uh, over Beatrice Strait. But Beatrice Strait's scene is is so good and that's probably why you know she got the attention maybe perhaps why she got the oscar because she is all over like that entire scene you feel like 
you're you're like you came over and like like you went over to your friend's house and the friend's parents started fighting. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you're just like, oh, it's awkward. And then your friend kind of turns you to one point and is just like, so I'll see you later. <laughs> okay, but you know what I mean? It's uh, it's it's got that when you're I watching agree. that scene, it's it's really crazy. I don't deny her acting ability in that mm. movie, but I'm saying if we were analyzing the best supporting actress for oh, this we, year we would switch the envelope switch the envelope 100 percent. because okay i was wrong jodie foster was 12 jodie foster's part was more yes. compelling in taxi driver yes she was playing a streetwise prostitute, prostitute. yeah a prostitute and she yep. was able to pull it off and be nominated for an academy award yep yeah yep all of all of the above yes, yes. yeah jodie foster should have got that fucking we're gonna have to al take note <laughs> I'll set a reminder you for know, a future fuck date. This. And that, we, no. <laughs> yeah, Switch we're not doing shit. best picture anymore. God damn it. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, we we just sort of uh, had a little mini episode there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, she, but anyway, she she becomes the person with the shortest amount of screen time to win an, win an Academy Award. Okay, which I don't know if it's a, that's a good thing. That's I'm just giving you. I'm just giving you. Some Give facts. me the facts, man. Just uh, facts. One of the most significant firsts that happened, and this is, I think, the last first. Um, is this year is the year that the first ever female was nominated for Best Director. Lena Wertmuller. Wert, Wertmuller. 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 Um, anyway, she, she was the first uh, female to be nominated for Director, and that's pretty awesome. It sucks yeah. that it took until 1976 or 77 for, for that to happen, and then it doesn't happen again, you know, until like 1993. <laughs> so it's... Pay more attention to female directors, people, because they do good work. More specifically, Sofia Coppola, because she is not pretty enough to act. No, no. Around this time, she was trying to act and not she doing a great job. Godfather Three. It's terrible. Be- because, well, no, no, no. She's, she's the reason it's terrible. terrible. She is terrible in Godfather Three. Yeah, but she's a fantastic director. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, and speaking of, let's let's. Bring all those together, and Talia Shire, who is Francis Ford Coppola's sister, mm. is actually nominated as the as the best supporting actress or best act best supporting actress in this no best actress this year for Rocky. She is. That's that's true. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and she loses out to Faye Dunaway from Network, which she should have because Faye Dunaway is great. Although Talia Shire does a very good job. In Rocky, yes, so better job because she, she's only I think done really two significant films. I mean, she did all she did the Godfather series, Tully Shire, that right? Is. She did the Godfather series and she did the Rocky series. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I mean, in the first Rocky movie, she was very good, even though she barely talked through the whole movie. No, but she has the most iconic character name in all of cinema. She does, Adrian. But, no, you know what? Maybe second because Stella is probably the most iconic. But then Adrian, is, that's true. Yeah. Is number two. Yeah, like if you're gonna be that that character, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, be sad that I only had, you know, so many lines. That's true. People are gonna remember my character forever. Exactly. <laughs> you know. And I mean, all those all those people that go up to, that live in Philadelphia and run up to the top of the steps and are pretending they're Rocky, you know they're yelling Adrian when they're doing that. They are absolutely yelling Adrian. <laughs> this, I don't think any of it was nominated for an Academy Award, but the year specifically of the Academy Award, 1976, is um, significant in that 
it marks the final um, appearance as Alfred Hitchcock as a director for the movie Family Plot. And, you know, we're, we're seeing the end of one era and the sort of changeover into another era. Now you realize that Alfred this... Hitchcock would have been the poster boy for the Me Too movement. Just throwing that out there. Yes. <laughs> but aside from Talk him, about creepy dude. Aside, Come on. Aside from him personally. He made Harvey Weinstein look like, you know, a choir boy. Y- yeah. Well, not quite, but they're on par. <laughs> dude, he 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 like lived above his actresses and like watched them like change that. Yeah, he was real gross, especially yeah. to his favorite blonde actresses uh, at the, at the different yeah. times. But um, his significance in sort of film history. Uh, Got a real squeaky chair. You know, like it, it's it's hard to, to sort of reconcile the work from the person, you know, like to try to keep those those as separate entities because he did do significant work that influenced filmmaking it's okay to say that you love the movie psycho and birds and vertigo mm-hmm. and rearview mirror it's okay to say you love those movies suspicion it's also okay and... to say actually i didn't like suspicion but really it's okay to say that you like those movies and also say that alfred hitchcock is a creepy fucking dude <laughs> okay yes, no just yeah. like it's okay to go back and say i like the cosby show cosby himself is Douche. a fucking creepy psycho Ugh. that is in jail yeah. it's okay to say those things it is just like you can say i love pulp fiction Harvey Weinstein, creepy dude, F- fucking asshat. Yeah, yeah, you can you can say it. You can you can like so, the work without liking the person. So don't make me feel bad when I say that. Like, I'm not. I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> I was making a statement that Hitchcock, fucking dude. I mean, if it, if he was alive today, man, he would be me too. Like, he'd be the poster boy. Yeah, Hitchcock as a person was a bag of dicks, but his work <laughs> was gold. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> uh, except for Family Plot. Family Plot's not great. Yeah, I've never even seen that. No, not a lot of people have. Um, but it, it, what is the Family Plot? Um, we don't need to. I'm get assuming it. it's a it's a physical Family Plot, a fa- farming Family Plot. It's based off of a novel. We don't we don't really need to get into it because okay. it's not not a good enough okay. film. Okay, gotcha. Um, and it's it's not nominated this year. But you you see, you know, like Rocky comes out this year. And, you, you know, um, you, you see this tide turning into like, all right, now we're into m- like more modern cinema. The, this is the also, camera angles change. The the depth of fields get a little different. Like you, there's more um, like strides being taken after this point. You know, Hitchcock and his era of, of thrillers are gone. And then you see thrillers like um, what came out this year that was a thriller. Um, Carrie. Carrie, or uh, more more along the line, like not Hitchcockian, because that's more like suspense horror, the way that... But the suspense horror came out this year. The Omen came out this year. The Omen came out this year. That's who won Best Original Score. The Omen is Best Original original Score. Yeah. You also have uh, Carrie come out this year, which is about Mm -hmm. along the same lines. A couple of years later, you start having the Halloween, John Carpenter's Halloween. You start having these movies come out where actually, which is... And this is a little bit of an aside, but where the music composers actually start having a hand in writing the movie, right? With and um, where shaping, the music, shaping the music the suspense, starts yeah. shaping. I mean, The Exorcist. Oh yeah, which where the music is just as just as as um, infamous as the movie, right? 
Uh, same thing with Halloween. Mm-hmm. Same thing with The Omen. Mm-hmm. Same. All these movies have the same where the musical score actually is is as important or more important than the movie. That's what I'm saying. There's a there's a changing of the guard that's happening at this point, and and it sort of ends with family plot and Alfred Hitchcock. Like his era is done. Also, you and have, now we're moving on into you know the next evolution of suspense and thriller and horror and all that kind of stuff. A lot of reason why though is because the well, he's old. Well, no, I'm saying because you have guys coming out of the school of, I mean, George Lucas comes out. I mean, Star Wars comes out the very next year. Yes. Um, Spielberg stole Spielberg, right out of Hitchcock's playbook, Spielberg but then did it and, better. You know, like they're, they're, you see that evolution, yeah, you know, happening. But and all it, those it all guys takes place know each mid, other. Mid-70s. They're all friends. Oh, yeah. They've all worked on. They've all worked with each other. They've all developed with each other. They know. That's why. I mean, um, uh, what movie came out this? Oh, that's why um, Francis Ford Coppola is their friend all i mean they're, right. they're all together well, in the Lu- same school. george lucas and, and francis ford coppola had a production company exactly together. they yeah. all were they all were together working on these films and then at this time is when all their their all their dreams all their <laughs> their hopes <laughs> their, their hopes, desires their desires become one really <laughs> become yeah. one and they 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 metastasize in a ball of 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 film I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm just riffing here. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was wondering where, where you were gonna. <laughs> just more adjectives. Just. <laughs> I was just going through thesaurus on my phone. Yeah, just, just keep going. Um, so anyway, that's a, that sort of caps off the significance of this Academy Awards. I'm gonna fucking edit every one of. Them. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that sort of caps off the the significance. We had our first female director. You know, we had the shortest actress. Uh, the shortest get, actor. <laughs> the shortest screen time for an actor in a movie. I thought that um, was in the movie Willow. Like and, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, right. He was an actor, not an actress. No. <laughs> um, and uh, and our first Dead Academy Award num- or a winner. And then Alfred Hitchcock didn't make any more accepted movies. Academy Award. Yeah, same. Can you say our first Dead actor. First Dead Academy they didn't, like, Award. Wheel him person. up on a coffin. No. Which would have been kind of cool. I mean, they missed an opportunity. Exactly. For ratings. <laughs> like, in it, it would have been like art imitating. Right? It would have right. been so great because yeah. of the way he dies in network. Spoiler alert. Uh, also we... the point of network. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The just do anything for Life ratings. Life imitating art. Yeah. It would have been, it would have been pointed. Yes. Um, all right. So we should, uh, we should probably get into um, just a quick tell of what what the stakes are here yeah we should get a recap of just the nominees from the 1977 academy awards uh yeah 1977 academy awards the winner of this um year fantastic movie it's a good movie it's probably one of the preeminent sports movies although another great sports movie came out this year we're not Um, gonna talk about that one probably not um rocky yes rocky came out now sylvester stallone's debut sylvester stallone wrote this movie or did he he did. There's he wrote the original. No, it isn't. He wrote the original script. <laughs> he wrote the. It is, I've, 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 it is controversial. Okay. There's a guy that like sued him because he stole his story. No, the guy sued him because he stole the plot. Mm-hmm. But the actual writing of the story he wrote. Okay. Um. But he had several drafts that may have been. They may sure. have been. Tightened up by other people, maybe. But, <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, Rocky wins. Now, um, yes. Kind of upsets 
uh, everybody that rock, when you see that the list wins. of when you see the list of other nominees you kind of go what the hell well, how did this one win rocky is is the least de- i mean but until crash happens rocky is the least decorated academy award best picture winner but of all time i will say when you talk to people of this generation people who are who went to the movie to see this like mm-hmm. on their dates sure you know people that are around the age of like our, like our parents people that are between the ages of you know 55 and 75 anywhere in that age range mm-hmm. they love this movie yes i'm not talking about i'm not talking about the sequels the sequels compared to this movie the sequels are trash well, not so much rocky 2 they're, they're not all trash but yeah not so much rocky 2 but rocky 1 was a great movie it is a good movie it is yeah, it is like i said one of the preeminent sports movies um, most sports movies emulate this are here are are there because of this plot i mean they copy this movie right I, absolutely, yeah. It, it definitely is a significant piece of cinema. Uh, it's definitely one that I would say has reached classic status. But it's there, absolutely, a classic. there are. I mean, aside from one other film on this list, every other one of these films to me feels like the classic, like a classic movie. All of them are. That's yeah. why this. I mean, all the presidents, all the presidents' men. The, all the presidents' men is all, also uh, this year, and that um, is about the Watergate scandal. Mm-hmm. Which which happened only like, like three a year years before, before yeah, or like it, two years yeah, before or something. <laughs> it's awesome how quickly they turn that around. Yeah, in such a tight, concise way. You know, um, that's uh, it's Robert Redford and uh, Dustin Hoffman. Yes, yes. Um, you know, playing um, what are, what are the reporters' names? Uh, Woodward and Bernstein. Woodward and Bernstein. Yeah, uh, that movie is so great. And what's odd is that Network. Another is, movie centered around a newsroom <laughs> is also what's funny about that is Watergate is about the out the outing of uh, Nixon. President Nixon and then and then uh, because of the Watergate scandal and then Network you the whole time they're the news organization they're talking about Ford. they're talking about Gerald Ford <laughs> and which is the which is the president that's what, that's the next president and he was only in there for four years the, when I watched this movie I I had to. I had to like, you know, Google alongside of it because they kept referencing things that I was like, that shit was happening like real time. They were talking about like series that they were going up against because they run a fictional um, station yeah, what's called, called U- UBS, UBS, yeah. like the Universal Broadcasting System. I kept on thinking UPN and I was like, that's an actual. And they are talking about shows that are competing with them in certain time slots um, on real networks. And then they reference real time events in in, in you know, yeah, they in U.S. The history, stuff, they re- in the beginning, like, they reference Gerald Ford getting assassination. Like when, they they must have, when they were shooting this movie, left like pieces where they were like, okay, so when we reference this, um, this is the show that that we need to actually reference because I'm sure it took you know a year to develop. The well, back then and, it took like, a develop, lot longer you know, to shoot, right? I yeah. mean, they must have been you know to, to develop the film, but and, it feels so like current for its era. Um, I mean, aside like th- those are the only things that really date it is like the the like specific things that they mention of you know nineteen ninety or nineteen seventy six. By the way, another movie, Network, super old dude banging a young yes, chick. It's it happens all the time. And Faye all Dunaway, the time is really good looking in this movie. She's so fucking hot in this movie. Uh, it's captivating in this movie. Yeah. Um, and she is such a spitfire. To like her role, I love her in this movie. She's so fucking great <laughs> in this. She doesn't take shit from anyone. And when she when she when she goes to uh, um, to you know Max to to set up the affair, she's so just like to the point 
and it just like she just picks up the phone's like not making it home for dinner yeah right click yeah and and uh she basically she tells him like you know most most men think that i'm that i'm i'm a terrible lay but it's because i'm more like a man i uh <laughs> arouse quickly i come too fast and uh i don't like to cuddle <laughs> and i i'm i'm already grabbing my coat and trying to get out the door before before you're even uh you know down <laughs> and uh, he's like cool so this is happening and she's like yeah let's go do this <laughs> um and she's playing a power play like she's using her sexuality to f- like completely fuck him over power wise and it now, works it's not the best portrayal of women in the workplace but this is the 1970s and no 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 but i i think in in a way it it does turn a bit of that page because she's using that power for her own gains well, what I, the way that men typically use that power to suppress for their own gains. You know what I'm saying? Like they they hold it out, they wield it over them and she immediately becomes this contemporary. She becomes an equal at that moment. Yeah, but it's still it's still if you look at it like it's still a woman who is using sexuality to to Yes. She is sleeping her way to the top. Uh but she's not sleeping her way to the top. She is sleeping her way to neutralize competition. There's a difference there, like, and I think that Can't. difference makes it. Not Remember, she she doesn't own the show yet, and she wants to own the show. She wants and to own her the way show. of doing that. The roadblock is the guy who is currently standing in her way. So her way of neutralizing that is to sleep with him. Right, but sleeping her way to the top would be that then, would be portrayal to sleep with, of women. But it, is something that women have been fighting against yes. for years. So I'm saying that this portrayal today yes. would be looked down upon. But this is the seventies, but so it's looked at more. No, back then hold on, it was hold a on. no. Back then this was a portrayal of a powerful woman. Yes. Nowadays it might be looked at a little bit differently, more of a weak, like a weak play. Well, I, Do you see I don't what I'm know. Saying? Like I think if she had slept with Robert Duvall, the sort of executive in charge of the network as a whole, then it would have looked like she was sleeping away to the top, and it's this weak trope and a poor. You know, like she was playing chess, you know, and and very deliberately, you know, neutralizing her her competition to position herself in a way that gained her power. That is something that in a man we would say um, is society, not we, but like the collective we when we're talking oh, no, about Oh no, we the, sit around and the, talk about the, corporate yeah, you know. corporate battle structures all battle strategic. When, when a male time. character does that, you're like, Oh, he was crafty. Like look at the way he you know, maneuvered his I don't way. Know if they'd say no, no, they would say um, he's sleeping with that girl. Let's bring him to HR. Well, now <laughs> I'm saying no, no, but I'm saying like using using the power to maneuver. That's that's a sleek business move. You know, you know, um, if we're looking at a male character in a movie, when we look at female characters, yeah, we often think like, oh, she's sort of just falling back onto batting her eyes and, and whatever. But she doesn't do that at all in this movie. You know, she's just like well, the one saving- equals, and then the he loses his fucking division. She takes over it, and then she still is like controlling him outside of their business re- relationship. The one saving grace in this movie is that when she does go after him, even though she's manipulating him, she does talk to him about how she was. Well, she tells him front street, like I'm going to take over your show. This is just a courtesy. You still want to fuck? Yeah, but she does also <laughs> tell him like, hey. Um, I did have a crush on you. You oh, were somebody yeah, yeah, I looked yeah. up to. She for flatters this long. him a little bit, yeah. Yeah. So, and that also might be something from her saying, like, yeah, this is still a conquest for me because a bit, you know, coming out and like having you sleep with me is still kind of my conquest for her. A win-win. Yeah. 
because she gets to take over his shit anyway. Well, remember, she, spoiler alert, she ends up falling in love with him and he ends up leaving her. But we'll get to it later. Let's move on. Whatever. Next. One of the best films of all time is nominated this year, uh, Taxi Driver. Um, yeah. That, that I film, didn't like Taxi Driver. Really? I didn't. It's one, uh, not a film I liked. It is, it is, uh, it is as gritty, awesome. It is a gritty, awesome movie. I understand film. why people like it a lot. Yeah. I do. Uh, we'll get into it, but to me, I, I just never really, I never really liked Taxi Driver that much. Really? Yeah. Uh, I think that. I think it's one of those movies that everybody says they have, says they like because it's Taxi Driver and because of the mystique that comes with it. I think Robert De Niro is fantastic, and I so think Jodie Foster is fantastic. The acting in it, the the sort of like, oh man, the the madness that Robert De Niro goes into is so like calculated by Scorsese in this in this yeah. movie. You know, like it just sort of devolves into it's so well done. Like you get so unnerved in this really creepy way. It's it's kind of like um, the the analogy for me is uh, like. If you throw a frog into uh, like a boiling pot, he'll jump right out and be like, fuck you, that's hot. But if you stick a frog in uh, water, then you turn on the heat, the water will boil around it. And it doesn't realize that it's fucking overwhelmed and it's about to die. Taxi Driver is like that as a viewing experience uh, for me, where you, you like... That was good, I mean, man. I like, like that. I like si- that. Sitting now watching it, I know what's, I know, you know, what's going to like happen i know like all the the things that are gonna you know transpire or if you've heard about the movie you you kind of get it but it's one of those movies where like you sit down and you're like okay okay hmm mm-hmm. all right okay and then you're just along for this ride and you're just like this is insane fuck and and it just engulfs you and he becomes so just mad uh, it's so fucking awesome um yeah, I, I I don't know. Not to not to color the uh, the, the ratings too much, <laughs> but I do. I love, don't let I, you color the color. I know the you don't. I, make, I, I keep we it. We keep each other honest. I keep you honest, man. You know. Okay, so we're like the executive and judicial branches supposed to be. Yeah, so we're like what the judicial and executive branches were like in previous presidents. Checks and balances. Okay, so current what? events. <laughs> no Go. politics. No politics. No politics. People right. people listen to this to get away from politics. No, po- right. no politics. I'm sorry. All right, so uh, the la- oh, there's one more film on this on on this yeah, list. I have that's not seen. I have not seen this film. What? I have not seen this film. I I've... watch this film all the time. Really? Yes. <laughs> I love this film. Uh, I know about this film. I have not seen this film. Well, why don't we go over it real quick? So the film is entitled Bound for Glory, and it stars David Carradine as Woody... One of the best Carradines. He is. Uh, as Woody Guthrie, who is a folk singer. Um, not a lot of... I mean, do do people know who Woody Guthrie is anymore? I, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't uh, think this, fu- this film is very relevant. Uh, well, around... It's a, it's a movie about... Um, it, it's a depression era movie. It is. It's set in the Dust Bowl, where um, Woody goes from Texas to California. I mean, I'm just sort of spouting his his life story, <laughs> um, and he becomes really um, involved with uh, like field workers, farm like uh, fruit pickers and, and all that kind of stuff, and their their um, struggle during the depression. And it, I think they call it like the Oki Dust Bowl or something like that. Like there's a, a particular term. Ford, if I'm remembering my history correctly. Uh, and then this movie is a fictionalized sort of version of his life, uh, but it's, it's a biopic. Um, and he sings, you know, the 
this land is your land in it, I think, probably, because that's like the only Woody Guthrie song that I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and around this time, Arlo Guthrie, you, you know, um, you know, six years prior or something like that, or seven years prior, had, had uh, played Woodstock and like was, you know, a, yeah. a prominent musical figure sort I'm of more car- familiar with on. the music of Arlo Guthrie honestly right yes and, and but his father was like you know when when you think of folk singers he's like the god the you know the grandfather of folk um as it pertains to sort of American folk um that didn't catch wind until like 30 years after you know he really did his thing um you know when Monterey Pops and stuff in the late '60s was happening, and, and all that kind of stuff. That's when you know Bob Dylan and all the when folk became sort of like uh, a movement of music genre. Well, Woody Guthrie was was doing that kind of shit. Would you say that you know, Woody Guthrie 30, 30 was bound for glory as a young man? Bound for glory? I I don't I don't know. I I don't understand. I because I haven't seen the movie. I don't really understand <laughs> the reference of the title. Unfortunately, we're gonna have to. I'm gonna have to leave this one off unless you want to just walk me through it. But I, it's we'll not go gonna... through it. We'll go through a metric of this one quickly because I don't think this one has any reason. I nobody. It didn't win. It is not. Nobody. Um. You can't stream it. You can't rent it. Yeah. Um. It's lost. It's a lost to cinema movie history. in cinema. And also, I think that his story. Well, if you ever got around to it. Eh. <laughs> we'll get to it. We'll get to it. All right. Well, so those those are the nominees proper. Um, let's go ahead and introduce ourselves to uh, more of the movies from the era, so that we can uh, sort of see if there's anything that jumps out at us uh, or reminds us of a movie that might be an alternate to take over his place. So you're saying you want to go over to the top ten movies? I want to see the top ten highest grossing films of 1976. Awesome. Top ten. Um, number ten. Number ten. So there are there are some really good movies um, that didn't make the top ten. Uh, Network being one of them. Logan's Run came out this year, uh, which is a fun sci fi movie. It's not going to yeah. get nominated, but it's a fun sci fi movie. Yeah. Um, with a with a really cool uh, like concept, you know, like you turn twenty one and you get liquidated. Like it's that's kind of cool. Um, yeah. N- Network Taxi Driver didn't make the top ten. Uh, silent movie from Mel Brooks. Didn't make the top ten. That's not my favorite Mel Brooks film, though. It's not, but it's a it's still funny. Um, but going to our our top ten, I I honestly Marathon Man, uh, not top ten, uh, is another great movie from nineteen seventy six. And well, that's a classic. It's it's an awesome movie. But you know, just because a movie is a classic doesn't mean it's going to be actually a top ten movie from the year. No, but I I think one there are, there are several movies. There are you know hundreds of movies that. I think are classics that aren't on top ten. I mean, well, for grossing, yeah. Friday. I think Friday. I think I don't know if Friday was ever on the top ten. You know, I mean, those are kind of movies yeah, that are. I, don't, I mean, it, it's probably. And don't within, ask me why I just 50. thought of Friday for being a classic. Um, but Marathon Man, I think, is one that I would probably say would be nomination worthy because I don't know what the fuck Bound for Glory is. <laughs> in in movie terms, like I know the the story because I know who Woody Guthrie well, is. Well, you know, like, in all in all you know in all seriousness, Network. Yeah, great movie. Um, but compared to the other movies uh, on that list, it's been kind of lost to history. Yeah, I mean, well, there, there's like, it's a pretty iconic line that that um, 
you know, the I'm, Howard I'm not gonna Bill. take it anymore. I'm mad as hell, and, and I'm, I'm not, not gonna, gonna take, it anymore, take yeah. it anymore. Like that's that's pretty it's iconic. Been, it's iconic, but the people of the generation that it came out in are it's iconic for them. It is not iconic for us. Adrian, yeah, everyone yeah. knows that. All the president's men. The move that movie just just the movie. If you say all the president's men, people know it's about Richard Nixon. You know, and, and I I wonder if that's because we all like saw it in our history classes in high school. <laughs> maybe, maybe, but then but maybe that means that the that the that movies like a movie like Network it was not uh, pivotal enough in in the annals of movie history to be to to last. Yeah, well, you know, it it is it is sort of a dated movie. I actually don't think it's dated. Well, okay, so like. I was going to bring this First up. First of all, Ron Burgundy? Yeah. That the sequel? Yeah. Is exactly network. Yeah, I was yes. But that that's that's a very stylized spoof of an era, right? This it's a was spoof modern, of that movie. No, I know, but this is modern day. But they've right? remade that movie several times. The Paper yeah. with Michael Keaton yeah. is very similar to Network with the exception of the person dying at the dying. end. Oh, uh, even the guy trying to kill himself. I mean, yeah. that all it's a it's a stylized it's a it's a it's an updated version of Network. Newsroom could be said to the yep. series. Yeah, um, there's there's a lot of things that are that are taken off of the the style they made, the style used to make that film. So what what's interesting about that film? And like I said, I was going to bring this when we when we ran through the metric. Maybe I'm, we should. I'm, Maybe let's just get through I'm, the top ten. Oh, okay, let's get through because we can get into it. We can get into it. Get into the top ten. Yeah. Okay. So number ten. What's that? Number ten. We'll get to that in part two. Number ten. Uh, number ten. One of my favorite sports movies of all time, The Bad News Bears. Uh, okay. I probably have a nostalgia, you, you know, that's... I hate that's, this film that's so much. putting a shiny veneer on this movie. I actually hate this film. Walter Matthau is hilarious. I hate this film. Um, the, the band of little leaguers that they have, and they're, you know, they curse, and they, they don't give a shit, and... You know the they don't win at the end, but they gain the respect. Like it's a really good sports movie. That is Rocky. Yes, but with little kids. <laughs> and they came out the same year. So like this was the first time I think that like a sports like the sports genre really like boomed in cinema, um, where like it became it became a trope. You know the where like the team that doesn't know how to win finds a way to win and then they get to a championship and they either win or they lose and like whether or not they do or don't is is you know the the drama but if they if they do then it's glory if they don't then it's you know they gain the respect of their opponents and their community or whatever you know for having done the unthinkable the mighty ducks um mighty ducks won they did win um but i think that emilio estevez had that in his contract that they have to win that they have to win (laughs) Um, but the bad news bears is, is one of those movies where like, I know when my kid is, cause my kid, you know, he plays little league when he's like 11, 12, I'm gonna be like, yo, we're going to watch bad news bears. No, you're going to watch kicking and streaks and screaming. Fuck that movie. Yeah. You're watching no. kicking and screaming. You're not watching you're watch, kicking and you're screaming. You're going to watch uh, bend it like Beckham. No. Well, you're actually watch... bend it like Beckham's a really good movie, but <laughs> you're going to watch the mighty ducks. You're going to watch well, the we've remake already seen of the bad mighty ducks. Bears. Don't even come at me you're like I do... haven't shown my Dude, kid. You're going to watch the all the mighty movies ducks. that have come since bad news bears. Yeah. But I'm going to show him the mighty ducks at one point as like a, all right, sit down. You said you've already seen mighty ducks. Bad news bears. You didn't say <laughs> I'm going to show him Bad News Bears at some point. We've gotcha. seen all the Mighty Ducks movies, of course. Okay. We, all of them? All of them. Bad, did you say Mighty Ducks 4? Is, there's no 4. Isn't there? No. Okay. There's, there's three. The third one, not great. Uh, but 
you know, whatever. All right. Number nine. What's right. number nine on the list? Number nine is uh, a war movie that bored me to tears. This <laughs> From Here to Eternity. No, it's it's a fine movie. It's it's a war movie. It feels like an old movie. It's a it's a weird weird thing because like it's in the seventies, but it's about a World War Two era, but it feels like it was shot in the fifties. It's it's a weird movie, and that's Midway. Have you ever seen Midway? Yes, I have seen Midway. So Midway is the one that stars Charlton Heston and Henry Fonda. Mm-hmm. Now, to me, this seems like the nineteen seventies version of Tom Clancy movies. So this was like the dad movie of the seventies. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, it is. This was this was Hunt for October seventies version. But the I I don't know like the when when I saw, I saw this movie when I was like a preteen or something like that. My dad was like, "Oh, Midway," and we watched it on one of yeah, the, I've like, seen all those. the classic I've seen, the classic movies. I've seen this one, Tora, 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 sure, and all the ones that are similar to it. Sure, and. Felt more like a history lesson than it did a movie because they use real yeah they use stock footage, footage yeah. in it and that's probably why it feels so old looking like it doesn't feel like it's on par with the rest of the shit that happens in yeah in and movies honestly I don't I don't know this or anything but I, I they may have had to color the film a little bit to maybe. make make the footage you know maybe they made the film a little bit uh, dated looking so that the original footage matched the filmed footage yes. Probably, and that's probably why it feels so, so old. But yeah, it just felt like a history lesson. You know, I, I wasn't quite engaged with the plot. It was just like this is what actually happened, and it was. Do you think? Do you think uh, high school kids of today look at movies like Patriot Games and Hunt for October in the same way we looked at Midway and Tora Tora Tora? Well, those are definitely like different because they did well one they didn't use this this like source footage or like file footage you know um to like make it feel like a newsreel <laughs> yeah but you know so like there, there's a there's a certain plot i'm sure that kids today are like well that's an old movie yes but but they definitely they're probably saying that's a dad movie oh yeah just definitely. like some 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 high school kid in 1977 was like that's a dad movie Absolutely. my dad watches charlton heston in that Absolutely. Well, I mean, enough dads went to uh, to see it to make it number nine. <laughs> so yeah. All right. <laughs> Moving on. Number eight. Uh, number eight. A Clint Eastwood Dirty Harry movie, I believe, called The Enforcer. The Enforcer. You gotta love Terry, Dirty Harry. Uh, I mean, I didn't, but right. a lot of people did. Number eight. Uh, Dirty Harry's fine. Yeah, I never. It's, I, it's, I mean, talk about dad movies. Um, <laughs> number seven on the list is one of my favorite horror films of all time. Mainly because of how awesome it's shot, like it's a real like cinema buffs kind of a horror movie, and that's the Omen. Yeah, there there's camera angles in this thing, and like uh, tracking shots that go downstairs that are like off a of, you know off the ledge. There's a uh, really awesome decapitations and like really cool stuff that happened in this movie as a horror film. But the way they shot it was really awesome. And uh, I, I think the sort of like the, the filmmaker inside of me, you know, really uh, was attracted to this film. And it's one of my favorite horror films. You know, we should make sure that this film goes on our list of top horror films of all time. Should we should we plug a little bit of what we're, we're going to be doing? We should probably plug that. OK, so what we're going to what we're going to try to do, we're going to try 
is put out these sort of mini bonus episodes every once in a while as it pertains to a certain time of the year or, you know, if something significant is happening that we can tie movies to. Then we'll we'll turn it into a little mini episode, maybe, you know, 15 to 30 minutes, a shorter episode that will uh, not count against our regular two-part episodes that we release every week. Uh, and it'll be this little bonus thing where we just shoot through a top 10. Uh, the first one that we're, we're probably thinking of doing is top 10 uh, greatest, probably Oscar-worthy um, horror movies. Horror movies, scary movies. These would be movies that are Oscar-caliber movies that you would want to watch around the holidays. Specifically, this is October. Yeah. So, Halloween. Now, I'm sorry, but the Charlie Brown Big great pumpkin <laughs> patch movie that the ain't going on the list. Charlie Brown. All right? No, that ain't going on the list. I mean, watch it if you have kids. I'm guarantee your kids are going to be bored with it. And I'm sorry, I I love me some hocus pocus, but that ain't Oscar worthy. No, we're gonna, we're looking at for for some Oscar worthy like now, the Exorcist. Exorcist and and bringing it back to what we're talking about right now. Number seven or number eight on this list. Uh, number seven highest grossing in 1976. Number seven highest grossing on this list was The Omen. That is one that probably in our top 10 list for the best scary horror thriller movies of all time. Omen's probably going to make that list. Probably. And number 17 this year, too, uh, Carrie uh, is another. Carrie goal. was only 17? It's only 17th highest grossing for, for the year. Yeah, Guys, that was such a good movie. It just beat out Logan's Run, but didn't quite give enough to top the outlaw Josie Wells. God. Can't believe that. It's a travesty. It's a great movie. But we'll we'll get to that in you know in a future to episode be continued. That'll, that'll be coming soon dot, to dot, you. Dot dot. Let's get back to 1976 highest grossing movies. So we left okay. off number, number seven is The Omen. Number six, All the President's Men. All the President's Men. Great movie. Definitely should have actually. I think it should have been higher on the list, but it it probably should have. Uh, seeing how like significant it was to the time it was made. <laughs> yeah, but not even significant. That is a that is a really good movie to watch. I mean, it's it's it's. Keeps you engaged in the whole movie. You were just—it's a suspenseful it, movie. Awesome. I mean, it's—it's it's awesome. I mean, it, and it's how I know everything I know about Watergate. <laughs> <laughs> well, Fuck history books. I watched all the President's Men. You know, um, it, it's a really, really good movie. You, you know, uh, I. It, but it would be akin to you know them releasing or like Zero Dark Thirty is is kind of a, a similar, um, in that Bin Laden dies. And then, like, two years later, they release a movie about how Bin Laden dies. Yeah. And you're like, fuck, they turned that shit around quick. Like, how did they declassify all that information to give us an accurate story? You know? Well, you know, in, in the all, the all the President's Men, Bob Woodward was or is a journalist. So, I mean, it was, yeah. kind of, it was just his story, his retelling. It also led to right. a lot of... A lot of speculation by who was the guy who was giving him all this information, and and Deep Throat. It was kind of funny because Deep Throat was a movie, was the was the pornographic movie that it came out at the time. Yeah, and Deep Throat was actually (laughs) so Deep Throat not on this list. Yeah, Deep Throat didn't make the list. Uh, All the President's Men is a fantastic movie. We'll get to that when when we get to the nominees. Um, number five, Silver Streak, really funny movie. Is that with uh, it's Richard Pryor Wonka? and Gene Wilder? Gene yeah. Wilder, okay. That's a that's, that's their, a great movie. That's their train movie. It's a fun movie. It's, yeah. a, it's a fun it's movie. Fun movie. I, I like that movie a lot. They're Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder did a bunch of movies together, and they were a great comedy. Yeah, team. they sort of Martin and Lewis a bit through the seventies uh, in in eighties. In eighties, yeah. Did you ever see uh, Hear No Evil, See No Evil? Yes. 
Or is it see no evil, see no evil, hear no evil? That is a, that's a funny fucking movie. Yeah, I'm not sure of the order now that you've mentioned that it might be different, but <laughs> but it's yeah. a funny movie. Uh, no, it's really funny. Both of them are are really good playing off each other, and I really would have liked to have seen what Richard Pryor could have done in Blazing Saddles. Was the, he supposed to the be? The part was originally written for him oh, to be the sheriff. That would have been hilarious. And his was it because he started his own production company or something like that? Uh, no, I think it had to do with his drug problem. Like he could not focus and because get, when you see set. like the background on on Richard Pryor, you see his like biographies and stuff. They never because you, they always play down his work with Gene Wilder. They always say that he was doing parts he didn't want to do right. and all that stuff. They never really talk. But his his stuff he did with Gene Wilder was so funny. I I love their movies together. Yeah. Um, let's see. Number four, a remake of a silent film, King Kong. Um, Which actually won for best visual effects this year. Probably, yeah. No, it did. It won for best, oh, best okay. visual it effects. Totally did. Yeah. <laughs> um, not great, but no. visual effects movies uh, hardly are ever great films. But Honestly, I can't stand for King Kong. I've, I've never really enjoyed the remakes. The 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 original silent film. When you think of the sort of like what they were doing with what they had um, is a pretty epic feat for its moment in cinema. Um, The Peter Jackson one, I think is the most significant leap forward in doing a similar thing. The 19th, I mean, it's, it's, it spurred a ride at universal, you know, this 1976 version and you know, the big animatronic monkey shaking the bridge and all that kind of stuff. But the scale doesn't work the way they did it fully. Like, there's a big foot that they use as well, and they shoot from above, and it, like, squashes people. And I I don't buy it <laughs> a ton. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I don't, it just looks real fake to me, this particular version of King Kong. Um, but, you know, enough people went to go see it to make it four on the list. Number three is um, another remake. Uh both of these this is about to be remade or it's it's been remade it's about to be released uh, very soon Top Gun no Beetlejuice um, Top Gun's getting a sequel Ghostbusters <laughs> just got its its remake yes I know um, this was a movie that originally the original starred I mean probably Judy Garland's version is probably a remake too if I'm thinking about Wizard it Wizard of Oz this is A Star is Born okay the first one I'm aware of is, is Judy Garland uh, and then uh, Barbara Streisand and I think Chris Christopherson are in, in this yeah, one. Yeah, and now they're redoing it and with redoing Lady Gaga. Li- and yeah. Bradley Cooper. Yeah. Um, I don't know why they keep remaking this movie. <laughs> uh, because of divas in Hollywood that, that want to be the same pair, same part. They I, should remake The Rose. If you're going to put... Do you ever remember The Rose? I don't. I don't know The Rose. Oh, God. It's such a good movie with Bette Midler. Bette Midler played basically like a, like a Janis Joplin type character. It's kind of the same, you know. Some type say of love. It's a river. No, she did. She did this really great movie um, called The Rose, uh-huh. and that's I guess where that movie that song comes from. I'm, gu- I'm guessing. Guessing. Okay, but nobody's yeah. remade that movie. They should remake that movie because that is fantastic. That actually has that is way better plot, and I think Lady Gaga would do better in a movie like that. Maybe than A Star Is Born. I can't whatever. really speak to to whether or not she'd be better in in something like The Rose. Um, what I can say, though, is uh, I would much prefer Bette Midler in anything besides Barbara Streisand. Not just, I mean, Barbara Streisand's fine. 
Barbara Streisand sucks, man. I, Nobody ever just puts says it. She's just so diva and just well, man, the, she sucks. Okay. The big problem I have with Barbara Streisand and and people sort of like Barbara Streisand, like a Celine Dion or whatever. Like, um, you can hear their arrogance. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Through their singing voice or through their acting, like every moment of them doing their craft feels like they're talking down to you in a condescending way. But I don't understand how she became so Barbara Streisand. Well, she has a great voice, and she is charismatic on screen. But but so many people have the same talent who have not become so arrogant. Wasn't she like the first like triple threat or something like that? Like sing, act, dance? No, she can't have been. No way. Impossible. Like, Or she coined the phrase triple threat or something? I I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Barbara Streisand, cut that out. Um... I don't I, know, but you know, I'm not. I'm just not. I'm not a big fan of 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 like her style. Bette Midler, fantastic. I like Bette Midler. Every time I've seen Bette Midler in something, I'm like, for the boys. I like. Yes, yeah. That is a great movie. That it's, is. It's a really good movie. I love that movie with uh, what's his name, Scott Con. Mm-hmm. Um, Scott Con. No, wait. Did I say his son's name? James. James Conn. James Conn. <laughs> Sorry. I just heard Conn, and I was like, yeah, that's yeah, the guy James that's in Conn. it. James Conn and Bette Midler, they play like husband and wife that can't make it work, and they're in, in they're always in the USO, and then their right. their son is in ends up becoming, a, a, going to Vietnam, and the, the war changes from, you see how the war, how war evolves from World War II right. to Vietnam, and how the boys... Because it's all for the boys, right? It changes from having these boys who are in World War II, and they're these these doe-eyed boys who are all into going off to get victory. To these guys in Vietnam who are hate to be there, right? And it's a great movie. Yeah, the, the you see these these sort of uh, the stripping of patriotism from our military troops, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and their son ends up. Uh, well, watch the movie. Yeah, watch the movie. We're not talking about for the boys. Um, we should be. But yeah, Star is Switch Born. the envelope. The, for the, the boys. story of a Star is Born is this like wonderfully tragic story um, where, you know, two stars are on opposite paths in their careers and it destroys both of them, you know, and that should be compelling enough. I enjoyed the Judy Garland one, although I think Judy Garland uh, not acting so much as just like portraying her life (laughs) in a star is born, but Uh, Bette Midler and Chris Christopherson, it's like, you mean uh, Babs? Yeah, the the whole movie feels like it's in soft focus and like like it just I, it's so dated and I I can't get behind This is what we should do. Her version of Star Because Born. neither one of us like uh neither one of us likes Barbara Shire, Barbara Shire's Yeah. Fuck this film, let's move on. Okay. What's next? Uh now <clears throat> this list because I didn't get it from a normal spot um listed a uh documentary that made $86 million this year. And I'm sure that's significant. I've never seen it. It's a movie that was made from like the National Aeronautic uh, Association about flying things. I-, I don't know. It's called To Fly. It made a shit ton of money, enough to put it number two in box office. But I don't think we should count it. Okay, let's skip it. <laughs> let's skip it. So, st- let's skip it. Okay. So let's go straight to number one, the highest grossing movie of all time, the best picture of the year, motherfucking Rocky. Yep. Yeah. It's rare that the best picture of the year is also number one on the At top the box 10. office, yeah. It, it is a pretty rare uh, occurrence. I mean, it, it kind of shows the um, 
the sort of Rocky fever that people had that trickled over into the Oscars, I you guess. You know, and this was one of the first movies that most people saw that it was given a standing ovation at the at every movie theater that it was in. I know now sometimes that's kind of a cliche, but back right. then to see it give it a standing ovation in the movie theater right. when you first went, this that did not happen. I don't understand people giving standing ovations or clapping after a movie. The actors aren't there. The director's not there. <laughs> Nobody you know, who had anything to do with that film is there. Doesn't You're that just mean, self-serving yourself. Doesn't that mean that the people were moved by the end of the movie so they actually would stand up in a place where they're not actually where nobody in the film can see them? That doesn't mean it's still not silly. <laughs> Uh, yeah, R- Rocky, it's fine, but I, I think... It is such an emotional movie, I see why. Uh, well, I, because it's a movie about the everyman, you know, it, it's, it's... It's not, actually, no, it's not. It's about a man who is down on his luck, poor, and just... No, 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 I mean, he, like, taps into that feeling that, like, oh, if you just work hard enough, you can accomplish your shit. We gotta remember you know? at the time, at the time, this is 1976, right? Mm-hmm. This is the time when everybody looks at that time as you couldn't get gas. You had to wait in line for gas. You had the hostage situation. You had, or the hostage situation comes a couple years later. Yeah, I think all of that stuff happens during the Carter administration. Well, Carter we just gets elected. Well, yeah, no, no, but during this time, we, we have fucking corrupt-ass government. But this starts just got, all that. No, no, I know, but I'm saying, like, going into this year, like... Everybody's supposed to be celebrating the, economy, the bicentennial of the, economy of, is of the country, terrible at and this time. everything about America is sort of sliding. The economy is terrible. They've the already slope. had they've already had the Vietnam War is just t- tanked the oh, country. Yeah. The people don't like their government. They've already had their president, who they've just realized is is was corrupt as yeah. fuck. And now they have they had this new guy that came in that nobody so elected. Nobody had elected. He keeps falling Ford. downstairs. <laughs> People were trying to assassinate him. Yeah. He had two assassination plans. Yeah. I learned that from Network. Yeah, um, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, people... I learned all my General General Ford history <laughs> from the movie Network. Because, <laughs> you know, Ford was so forgettable. He yeah. was only president for, what, three years? Maybe three years? I, I think yeah. it was three years. And then he like becomes... and a half, maybe? And then he loses the election to Jimmy Carter, yeah. who's a peanut farmer. Yeah, I mean, Jimmy, Jimmy Carter gets a bad rap. He was... No, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You know. He's a peanut farmer. No politics. Fuck. He's a peanut farmer, yeah. And then you've got you've got this movie that comes out about a guy who's a dock worker and a hustler and a guy who right. actually beats up people for a living because he can't have any doesn't have any money. He's the everyman. Like yeah. he tapped into that that feeling of like, oh, even through our shit, we can persevere. And in the movie, he's got you a know? hole in his shirt. He's he's right. he's fighting fighting these fights for just no money. He he spoke to the bulk of America, apparently because they they all came out and saw that movie. Yeah, um, and I think that was reflected also in in the Oscars too that you know these the voters you, you know tired of the sort of politicalness of it tired of the sort of self-indulgent industry stuff you know voted for the movie that really tapped into this idea that <clears throat> we're all in it together because the other what, two movies know, were yeah, political that's that's what i'm saying yeah. like the the other movies dealt with Things that were just too real. And Rocky was this welcomed escape where this guy comes out of the gutter into sort of greatness. He's the Italian Stalin. He's a champion. And, you know, like, that's, spoiler alert, he loses. He does lose, but that doesn't matter. He loses to Apollo. But he, he makes his his own I actually think it matters from a nothing. lot. It matters a lot because... Oh, no, no, no. I'm saying in, in the context of... Like, it matters, yes, but... No, I'm saying it matters in the context of the story because he has become... 
this guy in the in the movie, he becomes this guy that has brought up the whole town. He's the Italian stallion. Everybody's behind him. And in the end of the movie, he does not win. He loses the fight. But he was if he would have won that fight, if he would have won that fight, I think it would have made that movie incredibly cheesy. Yes, it would it would have killed that movie absolutely. Um, and and probably why some of the sequels suffer <laughs> because they don't ever capture that. Well, the second one actually is fine. The second no, the, the second the, one the second I think one's is fine, good. and it's the redemption story of that. But like, and even in the second one, he barely wins. No, no, he that, just that, crawls up in time to win. The, it's it's his redemption story um, of being able to finally. You know, past that 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 level, and then the subsequent films that come after that become sort of cartoony. Well, the reason yeah. why, okay, the problem is that the the problem that the third one actually has is that it ha it gives the third one. <laughs> its problem is that the two characters they have to play his opponents in that film end up becoming cartoony themselves. Before right. Hulk Hogan's in the film, mm-hmm. he wasn't Hulk Hogan at the time he was in the film. Right. He ends up becoming Hulk Hogan later. Mr. T, Mr. T. wasn't Mr. T in the film until after right. he was in that film. Until into the 80s, yeah. Yeah, so guys. he so he's in these films. He has these people in these films that become these cartoony guys. So when you look back in the film, you go, dude, it's got Hulk Hogan and Mr. T. Right. Obviously, it's a joke, you know, but it's actually a pretty good film. Yeah, but I'm, I think it, it suffers from not being able to sort of capture that underdog magic. Yeah. It feels more exaggerated in the subsequent films. And and then when you get to four and he's fighting... Um, Dolph Lundgren. Dolph, yeah, uh, with Dr- Draco. Uh, what's his... Draco, yeah. Draco. And in the new one, he's going to be... the the In the new one that they're making, Apollo 2, he's fighting the son of of Draco. Right. Ivan Drago? Drago. 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 Not Draco. Draco is Harry Potter. Drago, Rocky. Yeah. Let's never confuse that. We look like dorks. <laughs> But he he actually fights the son of Drago in this new one. Oh, okay. All right. That, that's Apollo's son, which is supposed to be the redemption of because yeah. Apollo was killed by Drago. Ivan Drago. Yeah. Um, but that whole sub subtext there is like America versus the Russians. You know, there's like well, uh, it didn't have to be until they actually at the end of it he makes a speech. Yeah. It, no, I'm saying like which that, that would never happen. That in movie real life. becomes cheesy. Yeah, because he's like, if I can do it, you can do it. Yeah. We can all work. And, and then it just feels on. like they're forced. They're trying to force feed that theme that was so natural in the first one. You know that that really was the magic that was Rocky. Yeah. You know because people just understood that like if he can do it, we can do but it. But he does that with all his movies. The very first Rambo. Yeah. No, the very first Rambo is actually he tried to make a story about a guy who comes back from Vietnam and can't take cope. being. Mm-hmm. He can't cope. Yeah. He actually had a real story behind it. And then you see the second and third one. It's just shoot, it's, shoot, it's just shoot and kill. shooting up people. Yep. He's just shredded guy who's just going into the... With hair tassels. Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's, uh, let's talk about what movies could have been on the Academy's list if they didn't suck so hard. <laughs> no, I would say just kidding. The films I'm just kidding. That didn't suck. That didn't quite make the nomination list. Oh, I'm just kidding. I meant the, yeah. I was talking about the Academy. How much they are awesome for not nominating these movies. Yeah. So that we can be the ones to oh, come along. If the Academy didn't suck so hard, no, they don't suck because they are awesome for not nominating these lists. So we can be the heroes <laughs> that come along and go, "Hey, buddy." We're gonna switch the envelope <laughs> and make up for the mistakes that you guys have done back in 1976, 77. Okay. I I have uh, one alternate that I'd like to add to this list. 
Menace to Society. Not out in 1976. Okay. Uh, no, a, a really good film that I think uh, sort of like helps define the modern thriller. And so to me, it feels like a significant film. Plus, it's a really good film. And uh, it stars Dustin Hoffman. And he's really good in it. And it's uh, Marathon Man. Fantastic movie. It's a really good movie. Sorry, uh, emphasize the F. Fantastic. Fantastic movie. Uh, Roy Scheider is in this movie. He plays Dustin Hoffman's brother. Not Roy Scheider. The Roy Scheider? The Roy Scheider. The Roy Scheider. Yeah. I think that's what he has, like, maybe taped. Jaws door. is the Roy Scheider. <laughs> <laughs> Although he doesn't make Jaws for... Two more years, something like that. Yeah, and when did he do? Uh, when did he do the movie with the kid that actually killed himself? You're gonna have to be a little more specific. What the fuck you're talking no, about? No, the guy. You come on, you know the guy, the kid, the kid. He was in. Uh, it was like the submarine movie, and the dolphin could talk. Oh, you're talking. <laughs> <laughs> Sequest or the something. Show Sequest with Sequest. Jonathan Brandis. Yes, Jonathan Brandis with wasn't... Echo, the talking dolphin. Yeah, yeah. and wasn't Royce? Royce? He was. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't crazy. Um. He great. went from Jaws to Sequest. He did. Uh, awesome series. I loved it. It's probably not great, but I watched it as a kid and loved every minute of it. Yes. Um, <clears throat> no, uh, the... Uh, yeah, the movie's really great. Uh, Roy Scheider, um, if he was British, I would have loved to have seen him as Bond. He, plays he needs a, Ray Fiennes. <laughs> he's, he plays a spy in this movie, um, and all of his spy stuff is pretty badass. In in this movie, it is is really convincing. I, it would have been uh, awesome to see him as Bond, as opposed to Roger Moore in this era doing Bond. It, it yeah, would have I been a completely that. different, you know, it would have been more Daniel Daniel Craig type of Bond. Okay, could he you have seen more, him doing so cool Bond with a British accent? I don't know if he could do a British accent. Like I said, they don't. They never cast anybody other than somebody from, you know, Great England. Britain. Okay. Um. But he would have made a good, a good like you know Bond as an American. Awesome, he's, he's cool. But that that movie's that movie's really good. It's um, uh, Sir Lawrence Olivier is in that movie. He won uh, supporting actor for for his role as a Nazi in this movie. It's fucking awesome. Well, yeah. <laughs> and Dustin Hoffman is is uh, has a really powerful performance. The story is a little weaker, I guess, but it's you know like. It's so compelling otherwise with everything else, and it's it's shot really well, and, you know, I think it's definitely, well, I mean, considering I don't know anything about the film Bound for Glory, it would definitely take its place for me. <laughs> okay. Uh, do you have any alternates? Yes, I would suggest two movies. Oh, two um, movies. The first would be Carrie. I think Carrie oh, is a classic. Carrie. Carrie's a really good thriller. Movie. I think that the scene in the end at the prom is so iconic with the yeah. pig's blood being dripped. All, all of the stuff with her and her mom, like, oh, it's so... But that scene in the end is so iconic. Yeah. It is such a film that as we look back in history, mm -hmm. the fact that it never got the recognition that it should have gotten. Right. Um, well, makes horror, me think. horror films in general get snubbed all the time. Exactly. We've talked about this before where, um, well, you and me have talked about this before, yeah. where um, <clears throat> one of the most biggest snubs was Alfred Hitchcock. Alfred Hitchcock lost, Psycho lost, and Psycho actually redefined a lot of uh, camera angles and yeah. the way things were shot. Mm -hmm. And he actually lost. He didn't win. He lost to a movie that was terrible. There is no omen looking as cool as it is without Psycho. Exactly. Yeah. 
Absolutely. So I would say that uh, Carrie is one of the movies. And another one I would suggest would be The Last Tycoon. Um, okay. Great performance by Robert De Niro and a um, good performance by Robert Mitchum. Both of who ended up working in Cape Fear. Um, yeah, that's true. I think both of them ended up actually playing the same part in Cape different <laughs> years, different, in different yeah. uh, iterations of Cape Fear. <laughs> Um, yeah, nobody saw this film, by the way. <laughs> the Last Tycoon? The Last Tycoon. It's a, it's a, it's, it's a adapta- adaptation from a book. Yeah, n- nobody really saw this movie, but there's, there's some like big, really big names in this movie. I'm surprised it didn't make any money. <laughs> I am too. Tony I mean, Curtis alone. Tony Curtis, uh, you already mentioned Robert De Niro and Robert Mitchum, but Jack Nicholson's in this movie. You know, like. Ewani. It's, uh, it's pretty stacked. Um. Yeah. All right. I I can add that. I mean, it's it's definitely uh one up the academies. You, you know, it's it's in their wheelhouse. I should say. Uh, you know, when whenever they make a, a movie that's halfway decent about making movies, they usually always latch on to nominating that for uh, for best academy award. But you know, all right. Okay. So, great. So we'll add it. Regular nominees: Rocky. Network. All the President's Men. Taxi Driver. And Bound for Glory. Great film, Bound for Glory. It is, whatever, sure. And then we're adding, <laughs> we're adding to that list um, Marathon Man. Carrie. And The Last Tycoon. The Last Tycoon. Okay, that's our list that we're going to run through the metric in part two of this week's episode. So, if you haven't seen those films, get to your nearest your nearest streaming service get to your nearest blockbuster if you live near the one blockbuster that's still open and watch <laughs> any of those films that you have not seen so that you can go through this list with us and and really just uh you know see how right we were all along <laughs> the only movie that you're not gonna be able to see is bound for glory though but yeah yes because we're gonna, not available anywhere yeah we're gonna run through this with our five finger finger metric and we want you to run through it with us and hit us up on Hit us up on Twitter. Help us out. Throw out your opinions. Yeah, predict some stuff. Yes. How do you think we're, we're going to to score these films? Let us know. Our Twitter account is at Switch Envelope. Or our Instagram account is at Switch the Envelope. We also have a Facebook page if you are still there. Just look up Switch the Envelope. You'll find us. Uh, or you can find all of your Switch the Envelope needs at switchtheenvelope.com. See you next time. The following has been a Riff Laugh production.